G'day everyone. Welcome back to Talking Leadership. As always, thank you for joining me. So today I'm going to go slightly off track and ask some questions around building individuals up and then talking about that from the leadership context. And my guest today will provide us a very different perspective and hopefully some inspirational words for those who are out in leadership land. So my guest today is the co-founder and CEO of Ryan D Enterprises. Can I welcome to the podcast, Ryan Grills? How are you, Ryan? I'm doing well. I appreciate it, Eric. Thank you for having me on your show. Look, mate, I've been following you for a little bit on LinkedIn and I'm liking what I'm seeing. And my question is, why do you do what you do from the perspective of LinkedIn? And then why be a co-founder and CEO of all the things you could do in life? Why pick that? Yeah. So to kind of give people listening a perspective, my actual first post of a video or content was December 2020. So we're, we're talking not that long ago. And I say that because I like to empower and provide confidence in others. Confidence that you do matter. You have a voice. And I promise you, people resonate if you are consistent and you are, stay true to yourself and your messaging. So the reason why um, I kind of got onto a more of a social media platform, obviously, since COVID, it really forced people who are in leadership in any type of business to be on the digital media platforms. And if you're one of those people that say, I'm not going to do it. I meet people in person. If, like for me, if I knew you, you were in my phone, period. That was the silliest statement that I could ever make because if I did that, I wouldn't meet people like you. I wouldn't meet my clients that my fiance and I coach. I wouldn't meet all the business people that I collaborate with when we do our events. It would completely demolish my business and it's only going in, in that direction. So at when COVID happened, it was it wasn't the genesis of something that I'm doing today. It was already headed in that direction, but it exacerbated everything that has been going on for the last five, 10 years of my life. So I have a background in professional healthcare sales. Leadership was always something in my blood. I actually used to sell cookware door to door, and I, it would be anywhere from several thousands of dollars at, at the minimal that this cookware would be. And I would schedule three hour cooking shows in people's homes. So it was uncomfortable. It was long. It was grueling. I've had guns pulled up to my head. I've had husbands almost fighting me because they come into their home with another man cooking for their wife and their daughter, but the wife didn't properly communicate to the husband what was going on. So the reason why I say that, Eric, is I've been in uncomfortable positions and it allowed me to build meaningful relationships with others and build that rapport very quickly. So I, that was kind of a gift I found out I had quickly, got into professional sales, loved it, um, traveled, made great money, kept moving up from a hierarchical standpoint financial but completely lacked purpose wasn't happy and i i constantly found myself in a battle with resonating with people so it doesn't matter how big their wallet was the title in front or behind their name i was with many prominent people but i wasn't connecting and i didn't feel life was even worth living so that kind of that feeling i had deep within was within me for the last three to five years COVID just really, like I said, elevated that feeling and kind of put us on a pedestal. Like what is, and this is what I teach people, what is your calling and your, and your passion? So like passion is something like I have a nutrition degree. I love nutrition. I love health, 
but I grew away from that passion when I did do that work. So I'm all about now finding purpose, calling versus necessarily passion. I bring passion anywhere I go and any endeavor I do. So that's kind of where it went and what happened with me, Eric, a little background for other people to understand. One of the things that you've helped to get a bit straighter in my head, and I'm, I'm finding this more and more as I'm talking to people in leadership roles across the spectrum. I don't particularly focus on one industry, although I have done some podcasting around just people in the military context in Australia and in the UK. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to some find someone in the US that'll talk to me. But what I'm finding and what I think you've touched on is particularly around finding your why with leadership why you're doing the things that you do and more importantly it's experience because i'm assuming you look at the world a little different when someone pulls a gun to your head now that's less likely to happen in australia but the fact that you've said that and you live in the u.s kind of didn't throw me and that kind of is scary in my own mind that when you said i've had guns pulled on me well that's just where you live and you've just got to deal with that so i need to ask this question and i'd be silly not to ask it how did you talk that person down to say, hey, look, this isn't what you think it is. This is what it really is. Because I get the sense just from talking to you now and what I've seen on LinkedIn that if there's a natural sale for a natural gift for selling, it seems that you have whatever that X factor is. And, and I'm sure my supervisors, I'm doing some study and, and others will hate me for saying that X factor. But I think that is eminently usable in this conversation. So how did you talk that person or persons down? Because you said it might have happened more than once. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So first off, we probably need to go into the sense of I need to be able to understand how the other person feels. So what I with any scenario, gun pulled to your head, miscommunication with your employer or a colleague or whatever it is, any superior or someone who's on the same level, another peer, you got to understand people are reactionatory. We're fear-based creatures. You know, the amygdala in our head, it's that fight or flight, boom, I'm going to react in this way. And I didn't know, I've never had a gun pulled to my head. So like you said, it was a shock. But I quickly have to go, why is this person, well, first off, what's happening? Why is this going on? Like, I'm simply here to just book a cooking show with this guy. This guy's pulling an actual gun pointing at my head. And because I ask questions, and I think for everybody, if you're not curious, you first off, you need to be more interested than interesting. So what, what does that mean? Ask questions. Be empathetic. You need to be able to understand there might probably be something going on in that person's life. And I did. So I asked the question, Eric, like, Oh, did I offend you? Like, I, I'm just here. Like, did I offend you? Why'd you answer the door? And he, his house was literally broken into about an hour or less before I went by his house and the police were on the way. So he was in a state of, you know, obviously fight or flight, his house got robbed into. So he was on edge, but I quickly, you know, through asking questions, through putting that empathy and showing him like, hey, I'm here not to not to disturb, I just wanted to understand. And I never got to book a meeting with him, but he put the gun down, he apologized, we went on our merry way. But it's something that it takes time to really exercise that muscle. Because when someone does something like that to you, we get defensive. And I have to quickly, and, and I'm still perfecting this, this skill or this craft, it takes time to do that. But the more aware, more conscious I am of, of how I react. I mean, we all could probably name a funny time in our past where we made a bad decision. It's probably based on emotion or feeling. 
And I guarantee you that's every mistake that I've made in my life had an emotional or feeling attached to it that didn't really play out in the best favor. If you can meet somewhere in the middle and be empathetic and try and work out what's happening with the other, as opposed to how you're feeling, it can diffuse most situations. And that's what I think you've just imparted there. Now, outside of um, the terrifying situation of having a gun pulled on your head, it, it seems that you've, you've met with a lot of leaders. You're out there using your words, honing your craft in that space. If I asked you the question, not just amongst the leaders you know personally, but just leadership in general, do you think empathy is something that's missing? in the DNA of leaders that you've come across? Yeah, the ones that <laughs> I would say with most of us, I think by default, empathy is not something that probably sits in our forefront of our mind or something that we exercise as a priority. Why? We're people like we go back. We like to take care of us. We like to protect what we have, where we're going, what we're about. And when we do that, it tends to come off as non-empathetic, more selfish, more self-oriented. And I think it takes time and it takes through all the podcasting, through all the things, you know, more, more education that you hear more and more organizations doing. Empathy is a really big, big topic because especially mental health being this month, mental health awareness is a huge, huge thing. And here's my whole philosophy, what I do at Ryan B Enterprises, it's to allow people to feel that they're heard and they belong. And I say that because if you don't feel heard and belong, then you probably are lacking purpose within your organization. And I promise you, if your leadership doesn't exude a level of empathy, which I believe most leaders are not, because they see us as almost an assembly line. I have, you know, member, you know, staff members that I'm paying, they need to do a job, they need to be able to produce the most amount of work in this amount of time. And it's like, we're almost robotic in that standpoint. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to relook at this whole thing and we got to actually go back to the basics and treat people truly like humans, going back to the golden rule, treat people like you want them to treat you. But if you don't understand, imagine this. This is what I tell organizations that I coach, um, Eric. Imagine if Susie or John had someone in their family that recently passed away. Well, that individual probably is not sharing that information with their leadership or their superiors because they feel that they're going to be judged or, oh, it's uncomfortable. And if I take time off, I already requested this amount of time off and I don't get that on my vacation hours. So do you think that they're going to be able to perform at the level leaders want them to perform? I know it's a rhetorical question, probably not perform at the highest level. So you need to have safe outlets. You need to have a psychological safe environment where people can go and be able to release things on them. And they need to be able to know that the leaders are allowing you to be you. There should be, you should be empowered to do your job so the leaders can do what they do best. And I don't want people who are all the same with the same skill the same level. You want people that compliment. And that's what I think leadership lacks today. 1000%. They all need to go through some educational schooling system and rework that system. Cause I think it's an old 1980s or before system, almost like a, like I said, assembly line industrial age type thinking. If we can get more people doing more work in this time, we're going to put out more of a profit and our shareholders are going to be happier 
with us. And that couldn't be further from the truth. And we're seeing this decline in production and mental health, especially in that medium or that vertical. I would agree with all of that. I think there's a changing landscape and what the expectations are of leaders. I'm trying to get these kind of messages out there. And one thing that is resonating with me is that it's one thing to ask someone like yourself and others that I've spoken to about, well, you know, what does, what, what does good leadership look like? What does it feel like? And that's a, a nuanced question and you've hit the number of it, at least from your perspective. So I appreciate you sharing that. The one thing that I want to do into the future, and I don't see it being done anywhere really other than survey research is to get people to talk to me about what are their expectations of, of the leaders they work with and have worked with in the past because it's one thing to ask the leaders it's a different thing to ask the lead so if you asked me when I was in my early 20s what did I want from a leader I wanted a coach a mentor someone who'd acknowledge my existence and any and, and to celebrate the wins whereas now in my mid 40s a couple of gray hairs and and a couple of kids and and all that comes with living a life now it's more I want to if I can help shape the thinking of those that are on the come up because I maybe got 20, 30 years of life left and I'm, then I'm in the ground and I'm no use to anybody. So I think when you get to a certain age, you want to leave a legacy. Is empathy something you value in a leader? Because I think sometimes the general public doesn't understand what empathy means in that context. Because I think we get indoctrinated so much into going to work that we allow people to treat us like crap. And we just expect that when we go into the world of work, does that, resonate with you ryan oh you just hit it on the on the head uh eric so at ryan d enterprises we talk about this a lot one of our pillars and in, in focus points is self-worth and confidence I, I truly believe we um first off we are made by the people we say no to you go what do i mean if you're the yes person out there and I was one of them and you're guessing, yes, 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 yes. I'm going to do this, do this. And you're everybody in your family, your work, your friends are asking things and you're thinking, man, you keep taking these things on. You keep overwhelming yourself and then you end up being the person who's upset at the end. You're to blame. And that goes back to this big, deep, innate feeling in everybody's body, we want to be people pleasing beings. No one wants to upset others. Honestly, even if you're the most type A person, when someone says, I don't care what others think, I think that's a bunch of BS as well, because innately, we all care at, a, at some level what others think. Some are very good at filtering it out and they push forward. They have grit. They have resiliency. They're able to push forward through all the noise. But in general, most people want to make people happy. Why? They don't want conflict. They don't want to put piss someone off. They don't want someone to go, well, why aren't you going to do that? And you need to stand in your worthiness, in your confidence and own like, this is my, these are my boundaries. This is what I need as a human. And I think people don't properly communicate their expectations and the things that they need from their leadership. So I think, I think that's a big thing, Eric, that people are not doing because it goes in all areas of their life. And they're bringing this lack of confidence into the work environment where the work environment wants you to be what confident, proficient, efficient, boom, all these things that, man, I'm not, you're not feeling that when you're driving to work or sitting at home, you're not feeling that while you're working. And then when you, when you're done with work, you go home into maybe something that's not a great environment. There's broken households. You were brought up in a way from your upbringing. A lot of people didn't have 
that confidence instilled into them. They didn't have a lot of people supporting them. So imagine the millions or billions of people out there that are feeling these type of things. So I completely agree and, and believe that people, they don't know who they are as a person. And I feel like their inner self-worth is shot because they don't love themselves. That's the ultimate thing. They don't know how to love themselves. So the empathy part, if you don't even know how to love yourself, how can you love others? That's quite profound. Look, I think previous guest who I spoke to, who is a mutual acquaintance of ours, probably you know him a lot better than me, Daniel Hall. He is a perfect example of being able to lift yourself up from very negative situations in your youth to applying a form of leadership that is about empowering others and about being empathetic at at the core. And yeah, I, I have to agree. I think it's something that's missing. Look, the next question, and this one is a theme that I use in the podcast, but I, I would like to get your perspective again, given given what you do for a living, is I kind of get that if I ask you the question in a leader or an entrepreneur, that empathy is a critical leadership or entrepreneurial skill to have. What else would you say from a, a Ryan Grills view of the world are the key capabilities that leaders and entrepreneurs like if you let, let's call a leader and an entrepreneur the same thing for the for the sake of the question what are in your mind are those key leader capabilities that uh, are, will make someone a more effective leader yeah for sure so yeah empathy is 1000 percent on that list one that we probably all know of but we don't exude it in our action communicator and what do i mean by communicator what goes beyond that is listening <laughs> active listening and the ability to be present. So what I say about that is when people are talking, we're not listening. We hear stuff, we might shake our head, but what are we doing? A lot of us are texting while we're listening or hearing. A lot of us are typing now. A lot of us have kids, dogs, cat, things are running around. We're constantly being bombarded and being overwhelmed. So I believe that listening is a skill that we are horrible at. And why are we horrible at? Because we don't have, again, we don't have that inner peace. And I think what we need to do, a skill to me would be mental resilience is another one. Resiliency meaning from a mental standpoint that you don't let your emotions ever get too high or too low. If you're going to be a leader, you need to be grounded. So when times are tough, we want you at neutral. That neutrality is important. And I think the greatest leaders they exude a level of neutrality, peace, and contentment. Even when, whenever anything is going on outside of them, they hold this level of confidence, but it's shown through this contentment. It shows that they have a mental resiliency capability, that they don't let their emotions or their numbers, their profit earnings, the people that are coming and going in the organization affect them as a leader. You need to be able to be solid, grounded in who you are. And I think those are, there's a million other things we could say leaders need. But I think from a foundational standpoint, if you lack communication, listening, empathy, and you lack that resiliency, then it's going to be really difficult to be an effective leader in no matter what you're doing. And I want to embark this on everyone. When someone, when we talk about leadership, I'm sure like you, Leadership doesn't mean you have to be the CEO, doesn't mean you have to be the vice president, doesn't mean you have to be some huge guy with making multi-millions. Leadership is anyone who has 
influence. We all have influence. If you have five followers on a social media platform, you have influence. If you're a 13 year old, if you're a 50 year old, you have influence at some level over someone and you should have the obligation, the responsibility to be the best person and be able to be a role model example to others. It is a responsibility. So if you're someone at the, that's a teacher, you're someone who is a contractor, a construction worker, you're a businessman or woman, you're any of those people, you are a true leader and it's your responsibility to be able to show and support others. And through the things we're talking about, empathy, listening, resiliency, those are things that, that really affect the world, like throwing a, a rock in the, in the water, having that ripple effect. You've, you've kind of defined what leadership is for you, which is great. And I, I think in every podcast, people's definition of what leadership is slightly changes. So there's never yeah. one universal definition. And last theme for you to um, comment on, if, if, I, if I can ask you this next question, and I, and I ask this regularly because I'm very interested in what people will have to say about this, and there is no right or wrong answer. So here goes. Do you believe leaders are born or are they made, mate? Mm, made, 100%. Anyone could be made if and i know that from my personal experience if you're with the right mentor so there's a difference that you bring up a really good point every person needs to have a mentor mentor meaning they have experiential knowledge in an area a mentor is someone who's been there done that in the exact field at the level you're wanting to be at so though it's that is something 100 you need to associate yourself with to level up to be better but anyone could be coached but i'll say internally there are some things from the grit factor from people who have who exude levels of hard work that go beyond other people the ability to keep pushing through there's very few individuals out there in the world that do that and we see those people who separate themselves from the crowd bar none but anyone could go through a mentorship program have a mentor or a coach someone who lifts them up and brings the best out of them I firmly believe that, um, that anyone could do it. And that should be a great uh, motivating factor, inspiration that, hey, no matter your, um, your background, and I'm sure, you've, I'm sure you've interviewed tons of people that didn't have the fortunate background of having some, uh, maybe a full family, a father or mother there, someone who financially struggled. All I would tell those people today that are like, well, you don't know my scenario. You don't know what I've brought up with. You don't know what I have today. I would love to tell them, Eric, um, my parting words that what you have today is exactly enough for you to get to where you need to be and where you'll go. One addition to that, I just want to get your perspective on this and your rarity because not everyone says 100% one or, or the other. I still haven't found someone that said it's 100% born. Uh, you've got 100% uh, made, which which is great. One thing I want to add is I interviewed a uh, entrepreneur, a leader, a speaker here in Australia. His name is Mike House. And he, in his podcast with me, kind of threw me through a curveball in. And I just want to test this one statement to you. He said, it's not only nature and nurture, it's leadership is a choice. And if you're not a lifelong learner, you're not going to be an effective leader. What What's your perspective on that, Ryan? Mm, I, I, I love that perspective. So something that I teach on my daily holistic um, disciplines for people is you have to be someone who is curious to learn. So every day, if you're not someone who's expanding your knowledge, and what do I mean by that? If you're if you're not like example, writing, um, you know, reading books, you're not literally example journaling. That's a practice that expands your conscious capability, the way you process and you release emotion and feeling onto a paper. 
it, it puts you at a disadvantage. So if you're a leader and you're not doing that, there's only one way you're going is down because every day should be an opportunity to learn. And for people who say, hey, Eric, Ryan, I don't have the ability to learn. I don't have the time to learn. That's BS because we all can intentionally set the time to do something for 10, 15 minutes, minimally a day to be able to expand on topics. So yes, the choice, the power of choice is profound. That's the thing I, I love saying too, is we all have the ability to choose. Are you going to be the person that wants to learn more? Are you going to be the person that wants to start a podcast? Are you going to be the person that wants to wake up early because you're on a health quest and you want to do things to get your body in right? Are you going to stay up later creating this thing for this person or for this community that you're wanting to serve? Thank you for joining me, Ryan. For those listening, I've been speaking to Ryan Grills, the co-founder and CEO of Ryan D Enterprises. So Ryan, before we do wrap things up, uh, give me a plug for your business. Yeah, we basically help people to feel that they're heard and belong. We do that through different coaching programs on self-confidence and self-worth. Then we also teach daily holistic disciplines to help maximize all areas of your life. We also, Danielle, my fiance, my business partner and I, we do a relationship coaching um, program that helps people being able to fully maximize um, their relationships and ensure they're healthy. And what do we mean relationship? Relationships intimately from your peers, from your um, the professional life, and relationship to everything in life. Everything with two different names, you have to have a relationship too. Um, so that's what we do. Would be glad to help anyone at, at any level. And um, I'm extremely passionate about empowering others so they can empower others to, uh, to go out and spread the good word and be better people. Well, there you go. You don't need paid advertising with an advertising plug like that. So for those listening, I've been speaking to Ryan Grills. Thank you everyone again for following the podcast and I'll catch you all on the next podcast.